0: Hello. Hello. I'm eating my bagel. <laughs> did you get an everything bagel? I did. Delicious. And it
1: reminded me of this time that I got an everything bagel I was in Manhattan or something, and I didn't finish it. I had like still had one half, so I wrapped it up, and put it in my purse, and then when I opened up my purse at the end of the day, it was like onion fla- like flavor wafting into my face. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot.
0: That's not good. It was mm. fine.
2: Did I don't take purse, good care of my
0: purses. Did the purse smell like onion forever after that? I can't imagine not forever, not um, forever. I aired it out. Maybe you just got used to the onion smell, and like all your friends called it your your onion purse, and you just didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> are you choking, or are you like? No, I'm chewing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm hungry. I did that 10 day no carb, no sugar, no dairy thing, and it's the worst. Oh, that's right. Do you feel any mm-hmm. better? I do. You know, honestly. Okay, you know how I you know how I feel about like crash diets. I think they're really dumb and unhealthy. Yeah. Um, especially after working in a hospital. But honestly, that's not how I thought of this. I because I I ate as much as I wanted to eat. Like, if I wanted to continue to eat, I just kept on eating. I just couldn't eat anything with, like, carbs or dairy or um, sugars in it. So I couldn't even eat fruit, um, which actually is pretty bad for you because fruit has certain bacteria that are really good for your gut. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, I It felt like um, – I said this to uh, – I think I've said this to you before. It felt like a reset. Like, okay. I was forced to be creative about the things I cooked Because in the past, because I cook most of my meals for myself because I work from home and I would just default rice dishes and pasta dishes, like alternate rice, pasta, rice, pasta. And I just, and sometimes I would literally just eat like pasta with cheese, like grated cheese on top, which is like, there's, (laughs) it's delicious, (laughs) but like no dietary value, right? Or like nutritional value or barely any. And I just kept on feeling like really bloated all the time and... One day I was at a store with my coworker and she was trying on sweaters and she was like, you should try on that one. It will look really cute on you. I was like, I hate trying on clothes these days, Mm. Um, which I'm sure like most people can understand that feeling at some point or another. And she was like, oh, why? And I was like, I'm so bloated and blah, 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 and like just being a complainy face. And then she told me about this and she was like, why don't you just try it? And you can always just like quit. In halfway through or whatever, and I feel much less bloated now. I feel like I do feel a little bit more energized, to be honest. Um, It might be psychosomatic, but definitely less bloated. Like like that. That's a fact. Yeah. And and like just without getting into too many details, my digestive system feels much more regular. Great poops. (laughs) Yes. Listen, it's a thing. It's a part of life. We shouldn't be scared of talking about it. It's super important to to talk about your poops. Um, I just feel so much better. And also, also, a good takeaway is that I know that I can survive without carbs.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think whenever – I definitely eat way too many carbs, but I make conscious, like, efforts to, like, eat more greens and – Fruit sometimes, when I'm just feeling particularly like gross, mm-hmm. and it can it it they can really make you feel so worn down. But then, like sometimes, I feel like, especially if I'm doing like a lot like if I'm de- on deadline or something, yeah, I feel like if I don't eat carbs at all, I feel foggy also. And I mm-hmm. don't know if that's just like a detox type of situation. Well, I do get think, used to it, but, yeah. but, um, but I don't know. I need, I need some garlic bread when I'm revising <laughs> sometimes.
1: No, I think, I think you're right about the whole detox thing. Mm-hmm. Well, cause like, I don't know. I, listen, this is not science. This is me just guessing, but you know how like sometimes if you're like, oh, I'm going to stop drinking caffeine. Have you ever done that? No. Oh, I have. <laughs> I went through this period of 2 months where I decided not to drink any caffeine because I was drinking like 5 cups of coffee a day. Oh
0: shit. 5? That's and, so many.
1: Yes. I mean, I sometimes more.
0: <laughs> and
1: <laughs> and um the first week and a half or 2 weeks maybe that I didn't drink coffee, I had horrible headaches. I was tired all the yeah. time. I was so unhappy. I was in a horrible mood, really irritable. Um, and it was because my brain had like gotten used to caffeine. Like it a hundred percent had. And like the reason that caffeine keeps you awake, here's the science coming at you. The reason caffeine keeps you awake is because like it, it kind of the shape of the molecule of caffeine kind of is, is very, very similar to the shape of molecules that wake you up naturally like serotonin and stuff. So it, clings to those receptors to keep you awake, um, to keep your brain from like getting sleepy. But because your brain, all those receptors end up getting filled up by the caffeine, your brain is like, need more receptors. So it makes more receptors. And so then you need even more caffeine than you used to, to stay the same amount awake. So then if you take out your caffeine completely, there's so many receptors that your natural, what am I, what am I saying? (laughs) Molecules are like serotonin and stuff like that. Those things like can't fill them as fast as like drinking five cups of coffee could have. And so your brain is like at a loss. Bless you. Thank you. (laughs) We're a mess right now. (laughs) I think so often as writers, because we're just like holed up in our cafe or our our room or our apartment, we don't take care of our physical health. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really important for us to be doing that. So, okay, I am that person, I'm that friend where I talk to my critique partners about their writing, and then I'm like, Have you gotten your physical exam this year?
2: <laughs> Have you,
1: you're like, what are you eating? <laughs> What's your diet? Are you drinking yeah. too much coffee? I ask those questions every once in a while because I'm like hyper aware of health issues. And it's like we I I don't know. I just feel like we need to be, we need to be good about it. Like,
0: yeah. yeah for sure I definitely agree and that's really funny too because like so last month I had sort of like a challenging month with like different things that were like publishing related and i was like having a hard time with like my mental health and stuff and um and I joined a gym I joined like my bougie gym um oh yeah this (laughs) month I've been going like pretty regularly, about three times a week. I'm going to Zumba class, which destroys me, but it's so much fun because I get to twerk, which, like, yes. Um, And swimming as well. And I was in therapy yesterday, and I actually, when I was talking to my therapist, I was like, I I feel like I've had a lot lot of ups and downs in, like, the past couple of weeks. Um, Like, really, like, horrible things and then, like, really great things. Um, But I feel like going to the gym has really helped to center me. And I feel like I have been able to handle a lot of the ups and downs a lot better because I've had this outlet, especially with swimming, because when I'm in the pool, I can't be on my phone. I can't – when I'm on Zoom at Zumba either. Like, I can't be checking Twitter or, like – waiting for emails because I'm on sub I can't I none of that stuff matters everything it's just like I'm in my own world and I'm either thinking about like not drowning or like how much everything hurts and like how good this song is or like how funny um you know I look doing this certain move or whatever it is but it's been really helpful because in in those moments where I'm working out I'm just in the moment and um and it just really helps me to to i didn't even sort of realize that how much it was helping me until i sort of looked back because i think in in other times like had i not been doing these other like self-care things like going to the gym and trying to eat better and like drinking a lot of water i don't think i would have handled sort of like the roller coaster that i've been through in the past couple of weeks as well um so i totally agree self-care is really crucial and we can It's very easy to forget to do those things. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's good. So that's why it's good to have friends who care about you as both a writer and and a human. And
0: a human, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I'm I'm always reminding people to drink water. That's like, I'm like that one... There's this one account that's, like, a cat. It's called Hydration Cat on Twitter. And what? Like, <laughs> that's amazing. I'm pretty sure that's the name. <laughs> and then that's, like, all the account does is, like, it reminds you to drink water. And I'm like, this is me. Yeah, it's called Hydration Cat. Like, at Hydration oh my Cat. Oh, um, And they spell everything really wrong, which makes me really happy. Um. Like this one, this one post says, I have my water bottle and ready to drink, dream, drink with an N <laughs> and have is spelled wrong. Water is spelled wrong. Bottle is spelled wrong. Ready is spelled wrong. All, everything is just spelled wrong.
1: And it's yeah, because cats don't know how to spell you guys.
0: They're still learning. They're still, you know what? It's,
1: it takes like, it takes at least three years for cats to even learn how to type with their little cat paws. <laughs> so I love how
0: easily you pulled out that lie of a fact from your brain
1: <laughs> <laughs> think about the cat paw and the shape of a, a, a keyboard and how hard it must be for, to, for them to exactly just like tap the
0: little how tap do we the little know, button. how do we know anything you said about carbs is true oh because i'm saying this back well no <laughs> and caffeine you, because you
1: know that everything i said about carbs and caffeine is true so you know that this thing i'm saying about cats is also true that's yeah. the way it should go. Oh, no. It's it, – it is true. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's talk about writing <laughs> I tried to – I did try to make this about writing, but really it was my excuse to just, like, complain about the stupid no-carb thing I did for 10 days. But, like, honestly, I – it it was good for me. But it's, like, sometimes we have to do what's, what we know is good for us but we don't want to do, a.k.a., like, our own writing.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> What's uh, um, going on with you and your your book stuff?
1: Um, I actually have gotten some some great secret news.
0: <laughs> secret news. Should <laughs> we do jingles? I, I know. feel like we like, need jingles.
1: Like I would be like secret. <laughs> and then you yeah. do the jingle on top of it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, ready? Ready? Oh god. Okay, ready. <laughs> secret. <laughs> I forgot to sing my You part. didn't do it! <laughs> Maybe that's just the jingle. Just that's like, the jingle. Duh, 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 it's just me doing that. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> glorious.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, no, it, here's the thing: is that I we've talked about this too. I hate vague tweeting.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: you do. Yeah, I hate you do. it. And and like, listen, you guys, this is not. This is, this is a hundred percent just my personal, personal opinion. Like no one needs to like be going through their Twitter thread being like, oh, cat show and write or die said vague tweeting is bad. And now I have to like feel bad. No, that's not what this is. This is just me talking about my personal feeling is that I do hate vague tweeting. I hate when anyone does it. I hate when Claribel does it, except for I just DM her, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I also have it it sucks because now I kind of understand why people do it, and I have to like rethink this stance mm-hmm. that I have so for years
0: and years. And years. Yeah, because it's different when you have like, it's different when you have like this huge news that like is something that you've really, really been working towards, and like you're so excited about, and you have to wait forever to talk about it. It's. It, It's hard because so many different people are doing it that it seems like if you're on the outside and you don't have your own, like, news, then it's – it. I feel like it feels more annoying because it's, like, everybody, everybody has these secrets and, like, everybody else knows about what's going on and I don't. But when it's just you, like, talking about something you're excited about, you don't see it that way because it's just you talking from, like, a happy place, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and here's the thing, okay, now I've, like, listen, everything on social media should be read with context and a grain of salt, but I know that people don't always do that. I know 100% yeah. don't always do that, but I I will say that, like, now I realize that there's a difference between someone being, like, being, like, something great in my inbox and that's all they say and being, like, okay, I guess, good for you, Yeah, and someone being, like, um, just got some great news that I've always wanted for my debut book. Like I've worked so hard for this. It's a dream and I can't say anything, but I just want to share this joy, this feeling of joy with people, like something like that, because then it's more, it's even though it's vague, you're like it's buffering so long- it almost. <laughs> yeah. So it's
0: less annoying.
1: Yeah, I get yeah. that. And there's kind of a concrete thing in there being, like, the reason I'm vague tweeting is because I'm so happy that I want to share my happiness with people who follow me who I assume care about my happiness. Like, that kind of a feeling as opposed to, like, as opposed to, like, something so vague you don't even know how you're supposed to feel about it. You know what I'm saying?
0: I guess so. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I also – This is a developing theory. It's, it's because – it's also because, like – Okay, like, I get that, but I also worry because, like, I feel like the people who are, like, most likely to sort of be more careful about it are, like, the people who have a harder time getting to those places in the first place, like, marginalized Mm -hmm. writers and stuff. And, like, it just feels like another way of making ourselves, like, smaller in, like, a space where... Other people are, like, yelling about themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. I I think it's complicated. I think it's complicated because also, like, anything that you say online has the potential Mm -hmm. to annoy people. Like, no matter how careful you are with how you say something, somebody is going to get annoyed by it. And sometimes it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Sometimes it's their own insecurity. So I feel like if you are... Like I think it's important to to tweet like without with the without like it's 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 important to tweet with being aware like how your words are affecting other people not to be hurtful in a way that's like overt you know what I mean but I mm-hmm. think something like that is more of like an annoyance unless mm-hmm. unless you're saying like. I have good news and the rest of you are garbage (laughs) because you don't, you know, Uh uh or like there, there, there are people who like tweet about it and they tweet about it in like a petty way. Mm -hmm. Um, I get that. And I feel like that is like more like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that, but it's just hard because like, also like, like, okay. I'll give you an example, which is probably a bad example because this one is, like, so funny that I don't know if anybody would actually get annoyed at it. But the other day, like, Phil Stamper, who I love, was like, there's something – cover shaped in my inbox and I've had to listen to you assholes talk about your covers for years and now it's my turn
1: <laughs> okay well that's th- okay that is no that goes into if you're if you're inserting that into my working theory is that's fine because you yeah. specified it was cover shaped, so you know a cover reveal is coming right soon. right that I'm fine with because I can get excited about a specific things I love cover reveals yeah. I love looking at people's covers and getting super excited with them about this visual representation of a story they've worked on for forever. Like I'm fine with that. I think it's more like, okay, also this is hard because everyone has different levels of relationships with other people on um, social media. So like maybe someone's your best friend, like you are for me, or maybe someone's just someone that I've like lurk watched for like years, or maybe someone's someone I've never heard of. So I will take Tweets from each of those three people differently, right? Because I understand it in different contexts. So if there's someone who does a lot of like, who does a lot of like vague subtweet sounding, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I would receive it because I don't know how, how if they mean it as a positive or not. Yeah. I guess that's what I mean more, yeah. and and and. Like I'm literally not even thinking of anyone specific as I say this, I'm just saying that there are potentially people out there that you'll come across who might have a public persona that makes you feel uncomfortable, and then you don't know how to receive their news, Um, and I think that that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, don't feel like you're a bad person when someone vague tweets and you don't f- you don't feel like you want to reply or engage or anything and just want to, like, step back. I think that that's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've – I mean, I've tried to, for the most part, keep my tweets like that, like I – think, I think the biggest vague tweet I ever did was when I knew the Ghost Squad announcement was coming.
2: Mm-hmm. But I
0: basically said, like, I have news coming on Monday. And then – disappeared for the weekend um but that was like more specific i guess because it was like there's something coming it wasn't just like i have good secret news um yeah and i don't know i just i feel like it's also a thing of like impatience because like Mm -hmm. i i am not patient and publishing forces you to be patient so it's almost like it's a way for us to sort of take control a little bit <laughs> in like, no, that makes sense. I'm celebrating like a little bit, even though like I'm not allowed to say anything like for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that like, I guess when it's people who like rub us the wrong way, um, mm-hmm. just because they're always tweeting Vaguely, then it's like more likely to just be like, "All right, I get it. Shut up <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. and and I think I think that you have a really great point. And this is why I really like talking about these things with you because when I am like coming at it with emotions, I think you're really good at pointing out like the different nuances that will make me have to like reassess my personal biases that I'm bringing to the table before right. I'm like understanding the full context, which I always right. appreciate about you. And it's really important for everyone to do that, whether they have a Clarabelle or not. Um, <laughs> no, it is. And like I mean, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I know I am because I have She's you. So but lucky. yeah She's okay, you can't sing anymore. We got me <laughs> right. Don't and, sue us.
0: Don't Brittany. sue us, Brittany. We love you. <laughs> don't
1: leave Britney <laughs> alone. Um, um. <laughs> stupid. Anyway, no, it's important because because I think it's true. And and I think it's I don't think that anyone should feel guilty about being frustrated that it's taking them a really long time to get to a place and then yeah. they hear about somebody who they think has gotten things easier and they're like, ugh, I feel so sad. Like, I don't think you should feel guilty about that gut reaction, but it's it's what you it's the actions you take afterwards, right? And how you decide to speak about it afterwards, um, that's more important. Mm -hmm. And if you let the if you let the anger guide your actions, then it's something where like your friends better be calling you in. But if you you know if you do your own private venting, you come to terms with with it, and then you. Decide to like be silent in public or whatever, then that's fine. That that's
0: yeah, perfectly fine. And I think it's also a learned thing. I think I for sure like vague tweeted about things like a lot more in the beginning, like even last year than I do now because it's like. I exhausted myself. Like, I was like, all right, that's enough of this. Mm -hmm. And then you just, you sort of get, like, more used to things. And it's, like, not that the excitement dies down, but, like, you learn to manage it in different ways. Um, And for me, I think that, like, I, I, I like the idea of, like, surprising people with things, too, now, which I didn't before because I'm very, like, transparent about a lot of things. And I think that's also why it's hard for me to, to be more patient because I am very open about like my process with people. And I like, I like to make people feel like they're like on the journey with me because I have so many people who support me that I want to keep them like in the loop about stuff, but I can't always. And it's just something that like, I sort of have to accept, you know? Um, and I can't DM all of you <laughs> and tell you either. <laughs> that would take a lot of time. No, but yeah. Um, but I and I was also talking to Susie about um about all like similar things yesterday because mm-hmm. I met up with her and um you know, she was saying how easy it can seem from the outside um perspective for people to think that like when an author has a lot of Um, good news all at once that it's like overnight success Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um when it's really not because it's just you're not talking about it the entire time you're just talking about it usually when you can talk about it and that's usually when you have good news to share um but like all the other stuff you are sort of like silently suffering um but yeah
1: yeah I I agree with that I mean it's legitimately why you started this podcast <laughs> yeah. 50% to drag me <laughs> and 75% 75% to drag me 20% to show that like people who seem like overnight successes really really aren't mm-hmm. and 5% so we can talk about random stuff like cat twitter accounts
0: yes yeah cat hydration
1: and hydration <laughs> But no, it's good. And I think it's important. And, and, I, and I honestly, because I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are at different levels of starting out or on their publishing journey, I know that there's potentially some people who are wondering how to cultivate any type of social media presence if they want to at all. Um, and so I do think it's important to talk about these things because... Even in blog posts that I've read or blog posts that I've written about, like, Twitter 101, like, like, it's just there's this is so complicated that it's really hard to go into it in like a quick, like, thousand word blog post.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, like I said, it 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 just depends on the person. Like, some people can do it and get away with it. Some people are going to annoy others. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is to just sort of like, like, trust your gut, be mm-hmm make sure you're not harming other people with the way Mm -hmm. that you treat about things and just have fun. Because like I said, somebody somewhere is going to find a reason to not like what you said, no matter how careful you are about it. And um,
1: not everyone's going to love you. You're a public persona now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: People are not going to like you sometimes. It's fine. Mm -hmm. You just have to be yourself and the people who like, appreciate you, they'll stick around and they'll, and they'll, and the, and, and it's okay to also learn and evolve with how you approach social media and talking about things. Oh yeah.
1: A hundred percent. I was like, I was going through old tweets. So I've been on Twitter since it became, since it, it became like a, a public site. There was like beta testing in like 2006 and 2007, I think, but in 2008 it became public mm-hmm. and I joined in 2008. Um, I was a baby and, <laughs> And the only thing I would do to tweet was, you know how you can link other accounts and it'll auto tweet for you?
0: Yeah. Like, 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 like now how you can share like Instagram posts basically. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Yeah. All of my tweets were four square check-ins. I don't know if people remember what Foursquare is, but four square check-ins of like restaurants and, and places I've been. It's so so funny. for two years, every tweet was like, fsq.com <laughs> F- F- like, cat checked into such and such restaurant and McDonald's. like literally <laughs> yeah yeah i would check into mcdonald's for sure. you get badges you guys or you used to it doesn't exist anymore but
0: couldn't you become like the mayor of a place yes, if you yes clara Bell, good question you could <laughs> and if
1: you were mayor of some places you would get free stuff like you could Shit. get a free coffee if you're a mayor of a cafe or Bro, you could let's get-
0: bring that back
1: Right? So I was addicted. I was addicted to Foursquare and and my Twitter for two years was just me checking into things on Foursquare. And then I learned that I didn't need to link Foursquare to Twitter. That was stupid. (laughs) Is it still there? Have you deleted it? No, I'm sorry. I deleted those all. I'm sorry, you guys. That was my shame, but now I'm exposing it.
0: (laughs) I was just about to go look for it.
1: You, there might be like a straggler that I missed I I manually deleted them all we all we all learn and grow is what is what Claire and I
0: saying <laughs> we don't know what the hell we're saying we started talking about bagels and pooping and now yeah. we're talking about vague tweeting and foursquare <laughs> but and okay
1: to to go back to the original thing I have some good news and I'm really excited about it. I want to
0: share it with you guys one day. (laughs) Wow. You see, guys, this is what hypocrisy looks
1: like. (laughs) It's not. not, No, because I told you my my feelings on it are evolving. You've amended it now. Mm -hmm. I've amended it so that it always serves me. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Oh, I have another thing. Sorry. I I know that we're... we're, I'm sorry. I have one more thing to say about Twitter presence. Go. I think that... One thing I can say with confidence that has never changed during the whole time I've been on social media is that if what you're doing on social media is putting other people down to make yourself feel better, then then that is a problem too. Yep. I, I think that it's fine to be confident with about yourself and boosting yourself and and trying to just like make yourself feel better and create a platform for you and your work. That's what social media is great for. Um But it should never be at the expense of somebody else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that especially when it comes to writers of um, color, people of color who are on social media, we need to celebrate ourselves and to like – it's okay to like – be excited about your accomplishments but like Kat said it it shouldn't be at another person's expense unless Mm -hmm. it's a racist then you know they can sit on a cactus we don't care about those yeah
1: but we don't put down racists to boost ourselves up we put we put them down to like show the world that like this is still a constant issue within our society and we need to speak up against yeah oppression and
0: stuff like that yeah no what I what I (laughs) meant was like there are some times where like like an, like an author of color will, will come up against like resistance from like a certain group of like racist people and then mm-hmm. something Good will happen that they know is probably going to piss those racist people off. And when they're like, hmm, you didn't want me to do this one thing, well, here you go. In that sense, like, I'm like, I'm fine with it, with <laughs> like, saying it. Okay, um, fine. Uh, I agree with that one. <laughs> like I said, my it. opinion is ever evolving about <laughs> <There's> social media. <laughs> yeah. You're watching it happen live. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm really good at like finding like the little like, situations where it like might be different you know because there's so many nuances to it but um for sure like if you guys are ever wondering like what a cat and claribel
1: talk about um like privately (laughs) this is literally how we talk privately is i'll be like i hate it whenever someone does x and claribel's like what if there's also this reason
0: and then i'm like damn it (laughs) (laughs) well because sometimes like I've done. I don't know. I guess I'm old, but I've just like I've seen and done a lot of like different things, and like I can see different perspectives and perspectives of things sometimes because I've done them myself. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not the. I'm not gonna say I play devil's advocate because I fucking hate that saying mm-hmm. that um saying a lot, and I feel like only mm-hmm. bad things can come of it when someone <laughs> says that usually. Um, but I just giving yourself to the devil
1: what if you're the devil's advocate you're aligning yourself with the devil
0: oh man what if the devil is like that's semantics i guess is someone really cool like like in that show lucifer i've never seen that show
1: it's like lucifer is trapped on earth and then he i think he helps like a detective like solve crime
0: what the hell why haven't i because seen you that? can get
1: people to like tell the truth because he's
0: lucifer but what i mean is like what if cardi b is the devil
1: I would. I would worry
0: about your <laughs> about your alliance with God. I would be like, well, no, come back." <laughs> I'd be like, "Wait a minute, maybe hell is not that bad." I hope no, my mom no. never listens to this. Yeah,
1: I really hope your mom never. I hope Jesus never listens to this. Jesus, podcast.
0: don't cover don't your listen. ears, Jesus. Just cover, cover your, your ears. ears. <laughs> Put your earmuffs on, Jesus. put some angel wings on your ears don't listen to this part people are listening to this podcast being like is this about writing (laughs) Like, what
1: are they going to talk about writing
0: alright so just want to make sure
2: um, Taylor K. Mejia Yes, so nailed cool. it. Cool. People nailed keep saying it. Medja. That's the one I'm getting often. I'm like, really? There's like a whole I in it. <laughs> like, I guess <laughs> that you don't get how J's are pronounced, but like, <laughs> we're just skipping letters now. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Uh, people love to add letters to my three letter last name. <laughs> And they call me Choi and Chow all the freaking
2: time. Are you serious? Like, I'm like, there's the three letters. Thing fr- it's really not difficult yeah. <laughs> to say Chocobo. it's just the way it's it is. It's so
1: easy. I have to be like Cho. Like, C-H-O-S-E is Cho's. So just take off the S-E. It's Cho. <laughs>
2: Does that work? <laughs> people are like, oh. Yeah, they get it get once I explain it. It's way more complicated than I understand it perfectly. Yeah, the
1: explanation is more complicated than, like, just the
2: actual phonetic. Your name is six letters. The whole thing is six letters. (laughs) It's completely phonetic. It's so ridiculous. Anyway, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I've had, and people are always like, I'm sorry, am I saying this right? I'm sorry. Like at PNBA, they were trying to introduce me and they were like, I know I'm going to get some of these names wrong. And it was just like a bunch of white people and me. And And you, oh no. So no, just mine though. Some of <laughs> like, these it's, names It's like Nancy Smythe. Smythe? Is that how you <laughs> <sing it? Right. laughs> exactly. So weird. Oh, banned. Yeah, it was definitely just mine. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> don't worry. You don't have to make it like it's an everybody thing. Also, you could just ask me before. That would be fine too. You don't have to make it like performance. Like, just ask for yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah the, why don't they ask? That's they should just ask. Like, I feel like I'm just gonna start including it in my bio when people ask for it. Just you like know, it pronunciation that, guide
1: solves you a lot of pain. Although it it's so much extra, like you know, responsibility to put on a person of color.
2: Right. I'm like, I shouldn't have to. But like, if it skips the awkward introduction where they butcher my all of my names, then fine, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. Whatever anyway i've
0: I've been okay okay so far but that's good yeah no well no if if, in terms of like announcements but my name has been butchered many times in life um but like on panels or anything like that it's been all right but we'll see (laughs)
2: We'll see. Yeah. You mean Deriri Bell? There will be your some- real name. Deriri De- De- Bell.
0: Yes, that is my <laughs> yeah, real name.
2: Exactly. You should add some extra letters into it, like just just to throw them off balance. <laughs> add
1: a J, and they'll never know how to pronounce That's
2: know, right. Clara but an I. Yeah, perfect. Put an <laughs> I next to the J, and then people will just like squish them together in their minds. These like, letters cool. both have a dot on top, so they're the same letter.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> I think what it that's is. What I think yeah. that's exactly what is happening here. Um, or I'll just use my white lady name, which is Clarissa McOrtega.
2: Yeah, her Oh my
0: gosh, that is such a white lady name. I love that. Yeah. we
2: should all have one.
0: Yeah, that we should. They're important. They, they are. are. <laughs> We'll All go right.
2: so um <laughs> undercover undercover yeah when we have to go undercover mine would be like tammy, tammy. <laughs> oh, tammy. her no hair cute. is big <laughs> in a different way than mine tammy Mejia. Mm-hmm. yeah tammy.
0: <laughs> Wait. oh god she definitely works at, like, a Tim Hortons or something. That oh, is... she
2: definitely does. <laughs> and she calls everybody sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she does. She has she acrylic does. nails, too. I she, was going to say, like, wore... the French tip ones that Friendship. are, like, just too long. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: And she wears yes. her glasses with like one of those glasses chains. Yeah, yes. yeah
2: like, but it's like crocheted with beads. Oh and my <laughs> she, god, yes! And she calls it funky. Uh, funky yes, one of funky. her customers made it for her. <laughs> for her birthday. Like her uh, regulars.
0: Yes, pretty- I kind of, <laughs> I kind of, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> stan
2: her. I know, I do, Tim. Like, I love Tim. Tim is just a t- favorite. T- God, this is i awesome. have to
0: find a way to include tammy into this
2: episode yeah we'll <laughs> bring
0: her up oh
2: my god she totally does too she and does. it's like weird it's super weird <laughs> people would they're all set in
0: the tim hortons yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anthology this idea hasn't started yet? <laughs> we haven't even done the intro. <laughs> Maybe this will be the intro. Um, int- all right. So today's guest is not Tammy. It's uh, Taylor K. Mejia, and she's the author of "We Set the Dark on Fire," which is out now, right now, and you guys have to pick it up. And um, she's also the author of Paula Santiago and the Drowned Palace, which is coming May 2020. How are you, Taylor? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. It's Taylor's debut week. Wait, Um, did you say, how are you doing, Tammy? Tammy? I didn't Tammy? say Tammy. I said Taylor. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs>
2: sorry.
0: I heard Tammy. <laughs> I heard Tammy. <laughs> Maybe I did say Tammy. The, Tammy the, is, the recording Tammy is my alter ego. The recording will tell us the
2: truth Yeah. Later. yeah.
0: Perfect. Um, um,
2: we have receipts.
0: And we have receipts,
1: always. T- Taylor, you are um you get the award for the first I believe the first guest that we're interviewing while your debut week is still going
2: oh yeah i think so this is awesome Mm -hmm. thank you that's awesome yeah (laughs) i
0: think lamar's debut week was
2: no it wasn't oh no you're right his
1: episode aired during his debut week but we didn't interview him we didn't
2: interview him oh that's right so i feel like it's it's more authentic because last week i would not have known how crazy it is but now i do yeah (laughs) it's been a crazy week yeah. we can
1: we can grill you about all of the great and weird and confusing experiences
2: that you've gone through in the past <laughs> like 5 things? days <laughs> lots of them yeah i'm like i'm a totally different person than i was 5 days
0: ago <laughs> oh my god that's awesome and scary at the same time
2: I know like get ready oh, <laughs> so, weird thing. and I told myself too I was like no it's probably gonna be pretty low-key because I live in southern Oregon so it's not like I was gonna like have a big New York like party or whatever I was like it's just gonna be a normal day and then I woke up and was like no there's definitely something weird about this day <laughs> I feel different yeah yeah Sure. Uh, that makes total sense yeah, it was cool. It was, like, pretty unexpected. I was like, nope, I'm just not going to have any expectations. And then the world was like, nope, here you go. <laughs> they were like, little did you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then I tried to go see my book in a bookstore, like, on the day of, just to feel all like, whoa, look, I'm in a bookstore. And they had sold out of my book at both that's the bookstores. That's so cool. Hey oh, my gosh, That's amazing. It was so cool. That <laughs> like, is so cool. I, I had I was... the roller coaster of, like, oh, no, they don't have it. Like, it's just I'm not a big enough deal. No, <laughs> I yeah, I was going to gonna say,
1: I was so afraid that that was going to be the case. I was, like, preparing my anger to, like, yeah. yell about it.
2: but To, like, go up to the people and be like, excuse me, yeah. <laughs> you're missing a very important part of young adult literature, right now. <laughs> <laughs> As oh asking for God. a friend. You're... You will go down in history as the bookstore (laughs) did not carry this book. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, it won't look good for you on the Internet. I'm just – Yeah, and then you'd live tweet it and it would be a whole thing. You don't know how many Twitter followers I have, <laughs> sir. And they're like, lady, calm down. All your weird relatives bought all the copies. relax.
0: Can you imagine if people did
1: that? I mean, I'm sure some people actually say things like that.
0: Oh, that happened to – well, something similar sort of happened to Tiffany Jackson, who she's the author of allegedly, and yeah. Monday's Not Coming, and Can I Hear a Rhyme? She went to – She's amazing. Um, a, Not – like – It was, like, a smaller Barnes & Noble, I guess. I'm not really sure which one it was. But, like, she wanted to, like, sign copies of her book that were there. And they were, like, oh, we don't carry self-published books. Uh Oh. Right. Like, so not that there's Uh -uh, anything wrong with, like, self-published books. But I think that they just, like, assumed that she was self-published. And she's a black author. So it was kind of, like, (laughs) and then they were, like, well, let me see ID. Like, they were (gasps) not, Yeah. Are you kidding? Yes. Yeah, she tweeted about it. She definitely tweeted about it. And and I
2: missed this somehow, but that's infuriating. That's yeah,
0: horrible. So
2: it, this is we actually were talking about this before, that this scene before.
0: This is like that scene from Selena. Yeah, the revenge scene. Which one? The one where oh, she's shopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: That was like her pretty woman scene. Yeah. I'm so obsessed with that movie. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's like my most cliche. Like we get it, you're Mexican thing. It's like how much I love everything about all Selena. Uh. I like have a Selena sticker on my laptop and I Aww. definitely get made fun of. It. Hi, why would you make that's so sweet though? <laughs> it's just like, okay, Selena, hot Cheetos, we understand. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> She's too good, though. Yeah, I just found the
0: the thread, and it's from January of last year. Um, and she asked, she went to Barnes & Noble, and she was like, hi, just passing through to see if, if you have a copy of my book that I can sign. And the woman said, well, we usually don't sell self-published books.
2: And she just assumed, like, she didn't ask. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, what, they, like why they should you be like what that? is your book? Who publishes it? Yeah. Like yeah. just cover her ass.
0: That sounds professional enough.
2: Cover your ass, exactly. And then like
0: once um Tiffany like told her, like, like actually, like this is who I am, um, she found the book and she's like, Can I sign it? The woman's like, I need ID. And Tiffany's like, wow. is my author photo in the back of the book? Does like, does that work for you, the author photo?
2: It's obviously a photo of my face, which you are currently looking at. It gets
0: worse, though. So the woman oh, says, sorry, no. it's standard procedure. Oh, you don't look like your picture. Is that all your hair? <gasps> yeah.
2: No. Yeah. Has this woman been fired? Yeah. Like, do we have her license plate number? Or Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: like, it's... <laughs> It's really dis- it's really disgusting <laughs> that that happened.
2: No, that's horrifying. Yeah. Just yeah. like, excuse me, can I take a picture of you for the internet? <laughs> Thank you.
0: Yeah. It, and Because you've
2: been so helpful. Yeah. Can we all pose together with my book? I would really like to tweet this photo. And then
0: just drag her yeah. to the depths oh, of town. Oh, drag
2: her. And on, wow. honestly, like,
1: I can, even as we're talking about this, I, in the back of my head, I'm like, I wonder if there's somebody who's listening, who'd be like, I don't get why that's a big deal. Like, right. they're just doing their job. But, like, just a little bit of context, and you guys both jump in also, but, like, the whole thing with, like, black women's hair and, like, people judging black women's hair has its a huge storied history of racism. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, there's so much to unpack here that we can do not don't have enough time to do yeah, it and like, it's usually oh
0: yeah. not that complicated to go into a bookstore and say like hey i'm the author of this book because like usually random weirdos are not doing that right. so like she what gave a her a hard time to for, no well, for no reason
1: to be fair totally no reason fair, i'm definitely planning on going to bookstores and telling them i'm like julie Dow or like tracy chi <laughs> no you, um, are
2: you are not know, no, you, you are
0: not <laughs>
2: i'm gonna say i'm anna marie mclemore because people have already started being oh yeah so yeah and, and that's really funny because anna marie and i and are like i think i'm an entire foot taller than her like yeah but you she
0: might be more it two. might be even more than that i'm not kidding it's
2: there are photos of us together and it's like it's a very huge height discrepancy we're just waiting for it to happen so yeah i'm gonna go in and be like hi can i sign all these copies of wild beauty <laughs> thanks yeah. and just see what happens yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. Although, okay. To be fair though, there's one day that you will sign a book that, that Anna Marie has that's
2: authored. True. Co- literally co-authoring with her. We, yes, so That's true. That's is that this will happen. That will actually happen. Yes. But my name will also be on the book. No, that true. after the co-write comes out, that's when I'm going to start signing all her books and books. Yeah. It'll just give me more to do because she has so many out. Yeah. Oh, all right, guys, we it's should so probably
0: cute. get to the podcast now.
2: Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. We're here for a reason.
0: Um, so, um, not that I'm not having, like, the best time, but So, it's going
2: to be, like, six hours long. The seven-part like, series. Really? Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> series with, T- with Tammy Major. Tammy
0: Major Live from a Tim Hortons
2: um (laughs) yeah i'm on my smoke break in the back so you have like the length of one virginia slim to get this all done i can't i love how it's been five minutes and tammy is like a fully flushed person tammy is alive and well Well, she's alive she has cigarette preferences um so
0: taylor tell us about (laughs) how you got started um on your writing journey which has been quite the roller coaster and take us all the way like let's all step into a time machine and go back to before way way back before your debut week and um and take us to the to this moment because it's been a lot and you have overcome like tons of not great shit to get here and now you're killing it so so how'd you do it man i'm like
2: the year is 2003 no uh, (laughs) I was born on a cold winter day there was a thunderstorm no uh I was born in May, so no it wasn't probably cold uh but no let's not start there yeah I think the first so the first time I ever tried to write a book I was like 20 and it was basically just like fan fiction about my friends I was like I had this boyfriend that I didn't really, wasn't sure I liked very much anymore. And it's this other person that I thought maybe I did like. So I just wrote like a lot of, um, like basically a whole novel's worth of just me trying to figure out what to do with my life, only calling everyone different names. And it's really bad. And I'm super glad all the time. Like there's a lot of people who are like 20 or 21, like early twenties getting published. And I just think back to that book and I'm like, whoo! I'm glad that wasn't me. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, I hung it up for a while after that. I was like, I don't know how to do this, like I don't know and I was running around trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then my daughter was born and I started looking at children's literature just being like this is sad. My daughter is multiracial. Her dad is black, so she's got like a bunch of different intersection stuff going on and I was like there's just not that much for her and I was sad about it. So That's when I first found out about We Need Diverse Books, and I got on Twitter and started kind of thinking about writing a novel, and then I wrote a middle grade that year that is also (laughs) really terrible, and then one more after that, and then this book I started four years ago, um, and I got... I wrote the first draft really fast and I just felt really strongly about the characters and I was like okay I think this is the one so I had queried really minimally with the first two books just like I got a bunch of form rejections and then the second one I got a couple full requests but I didn't know that you were supposed to have dialogue in books oh no yeah wow okay I was good at uh I was good at query letters so I would get full requests and agents would be like so there's like literally almost no dialogue in this book like like my second book I think like one of the agents was like really nice but kind of brutal she was like I think I like looked through and there's maybe like eight percent of this book is dialogue like it's literally all just long narrative exposition about like a girl thinking on a beach and I'm like yeah and (laughs) what's your point yeah. What's your point exactly? I was like, well, I really like to think on beaches. Are you trying to like deny my lived experience? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I wrote the the first draft of what was what would go on to be this book. Uh and there was still really just almost no dialogue in it. Uh but I that's when I kind of like I got critique partners and beta readers and stuff and actually started kind of learning what to do. Uh, And so I revised it a bunch and then I was like, okay, I'm going to start querying. And the first round was just a total disaster. I got, I got a lot. That's pretty much where it started getting like offensive in the query trenches because my first two books really weren't like my second book was definitely just all about white people. So it, it was easier And then this book is obviously about no white people at all. So I got a lot of um, like this is too many things like we can have (laughs) one one agent actually tell me that you can write a book with an all Latinx cast or a book with a central queer romance, but not both. Damn. And I was like, really? (laughs) We'll see. So, yeah, I think about that agent sometimes this week a lot, actually. Yeah, (laughs) like, oh, really?
0: And you throw your Uh, hair back on the beach as you contemplate. And I
2: think, yeah, (laughs) for pages and pages and pages. Uh, Yeah, so I got it in working shape and started querying, got a lot of bad. I got one agent said that it should be instead that I should make it an alternate history of... A country like, and this is a quote, Mexico or Colombia or something. <laughs> I was what like, well, hell? those are like really different countries, uh, so yeah. I, it seems a little weird to throw them out there interchangeably. But hey, yikes! So and then, that's because this isn't the first time I've heard of an agent
1: saying that to an author in regards to setting it their story mm-hmm. in like.
0: An exotic play. Yeah, it's not okay. It's like... It's not okay. I think that it's something, obviously, also this week with, like, a lot of things that have been happening in publishing that we have to sort of talk about more. And and it's that... I think people need to really stop asking writers of color to add pain or some sort of, like, exoticism or whatever it is to their work to make it sell. We should be able to have just stories that are fun sometimes or that don't have any like controversial elements to them
2: yeah yeah we definitely should and I'm like my book has tons of controversial stuff in it and it's really not fun a lot of the time but (laughs) like why did it have to be an actual alternate history of a country that's currently like struggling and having all these issues and in order for it to be seen as legitimate, like, there aren't fantasy authors just pulling cultural inspiration willy-nilly from everywhere all the time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So you're obviously doing sort of, like, a Latino thing here. Yeah. (laughs) So why don't you just, like, go all in and just call it Mexico? And I'm like, how about we don't? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was, uh, I got pretty discouraged just because people were really, it was like it, they weren't connecting with it. And I think that's why, because they needed it to either be like this fun romp that didn't make them think about things or like a gritty, real historical thing where they can like blame some other culture for bad stuff. Right. Exactly. And it's really not like the book is not in either of those categories. It's really kind of in the middle and people I don't think knew what to do with that. So it was, yeah. And then I found, so my agent is Jim McCarthy who is, he's the best person in the world. <laughs> he's a, so I found him just by like Googling top young adult agents. Cause I was really plugged in to how to do any of this. <laughs> um, and I just like I read his bio on the agency website, and I was like, "This is the guy." <laughs> I, like, got super fixated. I was like, "This is my agent. I already know." So I queried him, and he uh, requested the full in I think twenty five minutes, which was awesome. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, he's so known fast. As being fast. He's yeah. so fast. I seriously think he must have, like, six clones because he has, like, <laughs> 70 clients or something. Oh, and wow. he, I don't think I've ever waited more than one hour for an email back. Wow. Ever. Maybe he which has, is like, just little wild.
0: gnomes that help him hiding in his beard. He
2: must. Hide like, in he in has beard. this really adorable <laughs> chihuahua named Winston. And I'm, like, not convinced that Winston is not doing, like, half the work. Oh, that's definitely what it is. <laughs> I'm proud of it you, Winston. He- Right. I have I a know, funny Jim
1: McCarthy story that I've told Jim, so this isn't Good. a secret from him. <laughs> I love um, it. Where when I was first ever querying, I was sending out my first queries ever, so I'd never gotten rejected. Um, one of my critique partners said, um, "Query Jim McCarthy. He replies really fast, so he'll reject you really fast, and then you'll get your first <laughs> rejection out of the way." Like, That's and amazing. and they meant it. They meant it helpful, but they literally said he will reject you, and I was wow. just like, wow. And so I did, and he did. He rejected me in like he rejected me in like five minutes. I'm not even joking. Wow. Oh
2: wow! Well,
0: your friend was, was like- not wrong.
1: They were not wrong, and but and their maybe spirit maybe a tad insensitive. Yes, no, no, their spirit was in the right place. <laughs> I think, I, I think. Okay, to give more context, I'm like 99% sure that I said that I just wanted to get my first rejection out of the way to like rip off the Band-Aid. Okay, and they were like, "Well, Jim McCarthy replies really fast."
2: Okay, <laughs> that that makes more sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Still I'm misrepresenting <laughs> my friend, who was a who was a delightful person. Um, but it worked. <laughs> he and, is really fast. Yeah. So <laughs> like, if anyone gym.
2: out there is is really like trying to get a first rejection out of the way really fast, now you know what to do. <laughs> yeah, this is our this is our uh, hints to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he. So this is like my my gym story is obviously long, but I like we joke that he tried really hard to reject me like for Aww. a long time. The he he asked for the full, and he he replied it took him a few days and he was like okay I read it and I think there's something here I just like don't really know what it is and here are like some sort of vague notes about what I think you could do with it and I couldn't tell because I had heard about R&R is like revise and resubmit before. And so I was like, is that what this is? Like, is he just letting me down really easy? So I screenshotted the email and sent it to like every writer friend I had and was like, what does this mean? (laughs) Like, I couldn't just reply and ask him. I had to like crowdsource it. So everyone was like, no, I think that's what that means. Like R&R, go for it. And I was like, okay. So I revised it and sent it back to him. And he came back again with like a lot of notes and was like, I think there's just like still, I feel like there's something, but it's just like not at the point where I think I could probably sell it right now. And like, here's what I think the reason for that is. And we went back and forth and he was so nice. It was, it was probably, I think a six or seven month process of going back and forth and revising. And he kept saying every time, like, I'm sure there's somebody out there that would know what to do with this right now. Like, it's a really good book. It's just, you know, for me to represent it, I need it to be in a place where I really feel like I can sell it. So, you know, feel free to tell me to go away with all these notes and like go with one of the people that I think would probably take it just like this. And I was like, nope, (laughs) I'm going to do it. I was very determined. I love this. And I had stopped, like, I wasn't querying anyone else. I was just like, no, I'm going to, like, see this through. So I did the second R&R, sent it back. At this point, it's been six months, and I was like, this is the one. (laughs) Or it's not, and I'll just be off the hook. And he came back with... um, He loved it. He thought I did a good job with the revision, but he was like, it's starting to become clear to me that, like, there's just too much material here for one book. (laughs) So I keep asking you to add things and you add them, but now there's too much. So I think like this is insane but what I would probably ask you to do next is consider splitting it and making it two books which I realize is completely insane again like probably just go like query someone else who's gonna have the vision for how it is right now Mm -hmm. but I'm not saying no I'm just saying you know we're gonna have to do it again (laughs) I just done like six months of revisions and I was like really pretty discouraged. And this one was more like, I understand if this is where we part ways. And I was like, is it though? So <laughs> I slept on it. and I, t- I emailed him back the next morning and I was like, okay, listen, because I wanted to just be like, oh, are you kidding me? Uh, but he was right. He was totally right. And after I slept on it, I was like, yeah, no, that's right. Like it should, it's too much for one book. He's totally right. So I emailed him back and I was like, I think you're right. But and I was just like going for broke. I was like, I feel like I want to do this revision, but like, I'm only going to do it if you sign me first. <laughs> and I'm just this like, no one. I was just like, I was such a cocky, just out there thing to do. I was like, I just like, I think that's where we're at, man. Like, let's sign the contract <laughs> like right now. I mean, and he was kind of just like wow okay (laughs) like that was ballsy but I guess let's get on the phone so it really could have like gone either way holy crap bro I did not know that's how it happened (laughs) I love like this He story. tried so many times to like let me down easy and be like, "This isn't my book," and I was just like, "No, that's not what's gonna happen." So what we're okay, gonna do today so you, is are gonna you, sign a contract. You
0: signed Jim. He didn't sign you. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You were giving him an agent test. I was sure. Let's call it that.
1: No. <laughs> no. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I will say for this because okay, like I like I said, I've to- I've talked to Jim before and he loves you as a client, so I can <laughs> probably say with confidence that he has zero regrets about signing you. So no, with all of I that think, context, yeah. I think that this is a great story because <laughs> no, I think it's a great story in the fact that we we've talked before about how women and women of color are often like, oh oh, I don't want to bother you. I, I don't want to be imposing yeah. i I don't want to be like pushing. <coughs> like my story on anyone if they really really don't want to read it but it's a disservice to us because you're right. because we need to be proud of our work and there are other people um very specifically white cis het men who have no problems being like, "Okay, you're not saying no though, so can we talk about this?"
2: Let me just push the door open while it's yeah. been a little open. Yeah. And with all of
1: the details of the fact that he never rejected you, he kept on giving you notes. He kept on taking his time to give you notes. Yeah. Like, it's not like you were being a stalker. You <laughs> no. were no res- You were responding to literal notes that he was sending to you, which yeah. I think is
2: valid. And I think yeah, like you can definitely cross the line, and I feel like this is like a a fun, cute story now because like we've been working together for three years now, and things are going great and whatever. But yeah, definitely not like an invitation to badger agents who are trying to reject. Oh yeah, no, not that. No, don't do that. <laughs> definitely not. Don't uh, that. because yeah, there was never. You're right. There was never like an actual rejection. He was never like sorry, no. It was like okay, if you're willing to do something crazy, and the only thing I like really refused to accept was I was like, I'm not gonna do a, another revision of this magnitude without like some kind of guarantee that you're on like that you're on board. Which is a
1: which is also a valid way to advocate for yourself. Yes, thank you. Yeah, for sure.
2: So so we got on the phone okay. that day. And it was just like, I mean, we get along so well, <laughs> We all, like ever since the beginning. So we had like, it was supposed to be like a 20 minute phone call and we were on the phone for, I think an hour and a half. And like only half of it was really even about the book. We were just like talking about other stuff <laughs> and like okay. we got along really, really well. And so at the end he was like, okay, like, you, you understand that I'm like signing you with the understanding that you're going to be doing like a massive revision before we go on sub. And I was like, yep. And he was like, do you have fools out with anyone else? And I was like, I do. I had three other people considering. And I was like, I'm willing to just like, tell them all. No, thanks. I'm like, move forward on this right now. Cause he had already put so much just like time and energy and investment into it. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, that's not how this works you have to give them two weeks. <laughs> like, oh he was God. already, he was agenting oh my me goodness. through the process of getting an agent. He was like, That's give great. them two weeks, like, consider all your options, because it's possible that someone's gonna say, let's go out with this right now, as is, and you're gonna like their vision better than mine. So, like, do that first. Like I will be here. Just you know, get out there. <laughs> so what a guy. I did. And it was like the longest two weeks of my life. And I ended up with two offers. And it was pretty much a no brainer though. Like I had decided already. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, and then we signed and I spent three months splitting my book in half, <laughs> which was it was a like a crazy process, but it definitely was the right choice and I trust his editorial vision so much. Like we've just been through a lot of revising and his notes are always just really perfect for what I'm trying to do, which I think is super important in the process of finding an agent is just finding someone who, has the same vision as you do for your work but like can push you further than you can push yourself which is exactly what he does I love that yeah but yeah it is like kind of a running joke that like (laughs) I was just like this little basically like no one being like hey super big time agent like here's what you're gonna do you're gonna (laughs) sign me today and he was like okay I guess I am well I mean you guys worked
0: together Mm -hmm. for a long time even though you weren't Signed to him, and I think that you did the smart thing in sort of protecting yourself, also, because if someone's asking you to to do um, revisions, um, asking that you like, I don't know, it's a very unusual situation. I will say, like, it doesn't really normally happen this way. But I think that because right. of how extensively you guys were already working together. Um, it wasn't unreasonable what you asked him.
2: right no thank you yeah we had a we had a like a thing going already we yeah. had a, totally had like a working relationship yeah. so yeah again definitely don't advocate for like people just you know, getting one round of notes from an agent being like, no, sign me. <laughs> so where's out. my contract? <laughs> there were some extenuating circumstances for us that are not always a thing. I don't think I've ever heard, though, and I hadn't. I Googled it so extensively, like, do R&Rs ever actually lead to someone getting an agent? <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and I think it's like... I don't think it's as rare as people think because it's easy especially because we self-reject so much I think that it's easy Mm -hmm. to see anything that's not like here's a contract as a rejection yeah Yeah. um but I think like I yeah I'm so grateful for the process of doing R&Rs because I think the book as it was when I was querying it it was definitely not ready I still had a ton to learn about just how to even write a book so it was definitely a good part of the process for me. And I feel like it's, yeah, it's great when it's like, it's a gamble on both sides because there's no guarantee that it's going to lead to an offer, but like the agents reading the book and taking the time to basically do their job with no guarantee that it's going to lead to anything for them either. So I think it's cool. (laughs)
1: Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I know others, other instances of R&Rs who've gotten offers. So yeah, I know that people worry about it. And if, if that's, you listener listening right now, then, then we all know different people who have gotten offers off of R&Rs. Yeah, so it does definitely. Happen.
2: And also like, you know, the reason I took, and I've, I had gotten other R&Rs and I continued to, I got a couple from editors too, and I didn't take all of them. And I think that's like a big part of it too, is just making sure that notes resonate with you, because I think there's this whole culture of like, especially when you're querying, it's like, you're no one until you get an agent. Like that's how I felt. Like you're just like Mm -hmm. out here floating in the ether while everybody else is doing all this big, exciting stuff. And like, there's this almost desperation that gets into it. Like I'm not worthy until I can put like represented by so-and-so in my Twitter bio, you know? And I feel like people sort of settle sometimes for agents who aren't perfectly right for them or they do all this work on revisions and stuff with notes that don't exactly pertain to their vision of the book just because they like want an agent. And I think it's mm-hmm. like, it's so important to, you know, get the right agent for you and not just any agent because true, they're not all the perfect agent for you.
1: A hundred percent true. And also the whole idea, I know that the, the voice in our head that says you're nobody until you have representation um, I understand that voice cause I've had it in my head in the past oh, and yeah. you can, everyone has my permission to tell that voice to fuck off.
2: Yes. For real. It,
1: it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. to the point where I have. I've seen people tweet about it in with those words and, and I, and I, uh, every part of me wants to be like, no, 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 no. You're super wrong, but yeah. I don't know them. And I don't want to like be like forcing myself into their like <laughs> mental breakdown moment. I don't want to be like right. shoving into that, but like, uh, I really wish that people didn't feel that internet. way. You're
2: wrong. Yeah. 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 No, I wish that, too, because it's, like, you are definitely not no one. Like, you're a writer. You're a person who's, like, I mean, so many people never even finish a book. Like, so many people who want to write a book never finish a book. And I think it's, like... (laughs) you have to celebrate like the moments that don't have anything to do with someone else saying you're worthy or you're good. Like you have to be able to know (laughs) and that's so hard. I like still struggle with that every day. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think that's definitely true and it's sort of harmful to perpetuate that idea that people are nothing until they have an agent. It's really gross. And if anyone's feeling like that, like Kat said, it's, it's really not true at all
2: you valid it's not it's garbage yeah. yeah definitely and it's you know it's a tough business it's like a lot of people do have to say yes to you before you get to like hold a copy of your book right. in a bookstore that's definitely true but like I think it's important to stay connected to the part of you that like loves writing and like finds value in doing that and just that's the only thing because I've been rejected so many times like at every phase of the process and it's like I don't think it's like it's so hard to keep going if you don't have a sense of like why you do it personally outside of what everyone else thinks about it. Yeah. And if you don't have like
0: something to focus on, like I think really focusing on becoming a better writer and like uh, making your craft as good as it can be is really something that you should hold at a high esteem because it's really the only thing that you have any sort of control over whatsoever and it's so true and if you if that's what you're focusing on then you're you're always going to be growing and learning and doing better so um yep words of advice from tammy
2: (laughs) tammy tammy is all of us um there's tammy and all of us I think, like, I started out, I, I have this whole sort of, like, inferiority complex always because I didn't go to college. And so I think there's so many people who are, like, they have creative writing degrees or they have MFAs or they're, you know, like, there's a lot of, like, educational stuff going on. And I thought when I first broke in or when I was trying to break into publishing, like, oh, there's no way I'm going to get anywhere because I didn't go to school and I didn't learn how to write a book from a school. Yeah. <laughs> so, And I like, I've learned since then that there are just like tons of people in publishing who didn't go to school for it or at all. But, um, I think that's probably like, that's my biggest thing is what you just said, like focusing on just always trying to improve and like implementing feedback and like working really hard to get better because I started out feeling like I wasn't good enough to be here.
0: So you and Jim <laughs> started working together officially and yeah, to do more revisions still. Um, more revisions. What's the time frame? Like this whole like gym journey. Like how long did this take? Gym journey. Like from. I think like, from yeah from the initial query to him to like.
2: Okay, we're going on sub. Like, how long did that? It take? It was a year. Okay. It was a whole year. Because we did. I'm pretty. It was. It was either like almost a year or a whole year. Because we did like seven months of R and R's and then another revision that took two months and then he gave me just some, some like little notes to just clean it up before we went on sub so that was another month so yeah just about a year from first query to going on sub which I don't I have no concept I don't think of how long that usually takes or if there is even a usual I know some people like it takes one day <laughs> some yeah, people it's, like query for 10 it's years different so for it's everybody
0: very, it really is um so so okay so you did the the final sort of like revisions before sub and then you go
2: on submission. So tell us that whole process. Okay. So my agency does this newsletter um, that goes out to just like a bunch of editors and industry people Mm -hmm. and they pick sort of like their, I don't know. They pick a few projects per newsletter to like feature in it. And then they let editors sort of request from there um, as like the first step. So they put me in that newsletter, which I was really excited about. And we got a ton of requests, like right off the bat. I think we got like nine or something. And so he was emailing me being like, this is really good news. Like people are really excited and like sending me the names of the editors that we requesting. And then we filled out that list with just like a couple more people he wanted to send it to. And that was the first round of sub and I was so excited and just like hopeful (laughs) like everything's going so well like we're getting all these requests and like I'm talking to people being like this is it it's going to be one of those things where it like only takes two days you know (laughs) like I've heard these stories and I had not been like super hopeful at any other stage of the process really so it was like exciting and awesome and then none of those (laughs) requests like really led to anything I got a couple R&Rs from people that I didn't like the directions they wanted to take it in so I didn't take those and then um it just kind of like all fizzled out after like two months and there just like wasn't really much going on so we had to have this like kind of hard talk about what's next and like for him he was like I don't feel like it's time to put this project away by any means like we can definitely do a round two but a lot of the feedback we were getting was pretty consistent um Just, like, certain things people weren't connecting with and, like, certain pacing issues and just stuff that they were, like, we would have, but here's the reason why we didn't. And so he was, like, I think, like, we could just go out on a second round of sub right now, but I feel like we're going to be kind of burning through editors and, like, we're probably going to keep getting some of the same feedback. So how would you feel about doing another revision? (laughs) and uh that was pretty much like that was like the low moment of the journey for me I think because I was like I felt like I was finally picking up momentum and then like also at this point I was married had a little daughter and we were living with some family like things were hard financially and I was just like really ready to like cash some big publishing check like I had dreams (laughs) and so the idea of like the setback being like another few months of revision and then starting sub all over. Like I was pretty much, there was definitely like moments during that week where I was just like, maybe this is the wrong (laughs) business for me. Like, I don't know if this is going to work out because the whole time it, it had just been like, you're almost there. Like, do a revision, do a revision, do a revision. And then I started to, like, because I had basically, like, demanded that my agent sign me and, like, done this big... Basically, like, the agent equivalent of, like, the grand romantic gesture. (laughs) I was like, does he regret listening to me? (laughs) Like, there was a lot of just doubt stuff because I was like, really, if you think about it, he didn't even want to sign me in the first place. Like, is any of this even real? And it sucked. It was a really terrible time. And then I was like maybe and I talked to him I was like maybe this just isn't the right book like there's so much going on in it that like maybe people aren't ready for all of it at once and like all the things that the other agents had said kind of came back and I was like is it too like are people just not ready for a book like this or worse am I just not the person to pull it off and like it was hard I was like maybe I'll write something else like do you want me to just write something else <laughs> and he was like I I think like a lot of people could have said yeah write something else that's gonna be easier to sell but he was like he really believed in the book and he was like no I don't think we're there yet at all like I think this book has so much potential and like you're very good at revising and I know this is terrible but like I feel like one more and we'll have it (laughs) I was like okay so I did another revision took the whole summer and we went back out on sub and we were out this time for I think two months just it was a weird oh it was the end of summer which is like if people don't know the slowest possible time for (laughs) publishing everyone is on vacation for the whole month of August it's just a thing um so it was just like a lot of waiting which of course like waiting to me was just the worst thing because I was like it's gonna be the same thing they're all gonna say no and we're gonna have to revise again I don't know how many of more of these I have in me and Then we got the call that it was going to acquisitions at Catherine Teigen with Claudia Gable. And I was like, just at that point, I was so numb to everything. I was like, okay, sure, whatever. (laughs) We had been to acquisitions before and it had never gone anywhere. So I was like, yeah, okay, like, good luck, I guess, whatever. And I was but like I was secretly kind of trying not to be too hopeful, but I was like, maybe this is the one, but it's probably not. So I'm just like psyching myself up, trying to be like Mm -hmm. when they say no, don't freak out. It'll be fine. (laughs) And I just like kind Mm of like was stealing myself against what I thought was like inevitable rejection. I was like, it's going to happen. And we had been on sub at this point for six months, which I. You know, you hear all the stories about like people selling books in 48 hours or people <laughs> who are on sub for five years and then they have to trunk their book and write another one. And it's just like, so yeah, lots of scary stuff. And then, um, he called, which Tim Jim is a jerk. No, he's the best. He was like, <laughs> I answered the phone and I was like, Hello? Like in this just like the tiniest, most terrified voice. And he was Aww. like, Hey. <laughs> <laughs> like he totally like acted all like bummed out no, and sad. God, and I was Jim. like, Jim. I know. Jim. Like, and to his credit, I we were not as close as we are now. I had not shared most of what was going on in my personal yeah. life with him. So he didn't know like how intense of a moment it was for me really so he's like hey and I was like hey and he's like how are you oh my god like, I'm fine can you just like what is it what is it and he was like so <laughs> um oh my god Claudia <laughs> said that she would like to make an offer oh my <laughs> so god. just his tone I was like I had already prepared. I was like, this is it. Like, it's a rejection. He's probably not going to want to represent me anymore. Everything's bad. Like, I can thought spiral very quickly. So I was, like, down already. And then I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And he was like, yeah, she made an offer. And I was like, what? So I, like, screamed, and it was a whole thing. And I had to, like figure out how to like undo the thought spiral that had already started i was like no wait this is good this is a good thing i was like i hate you how dare you like this is horrible (laughs) so yeah it was like really exciting and that just like it was definitely uh yeah i had not prepared for good news like literally at all so i was just kind of like frozen (laughs) i'm like uh okay thank you that's all i got And then we got more details and stuff and we had a couple of other people still considering, but that ended up being our only offer, which was totally fine with me because she really got the book. And I I love Catherine Teagan just because it's I feel like it's this really sweet spot between like commercial, like fun stuff and then just kind of like more gritty literary stuff. So they were really they were totally there for like that little spot that I wanted the book to be in. Like I didn't want to go too big and explosiony and fast paced fantasy, but I didn't want to go too like, you know, put upon minority or whatever. <laughs> so I was like, there's somewhere in the middle that I think we can be. Yeah. And they were really supportive of that. And I've really loved working with them. So it yeah, happy ending for sure. But it was a very, very long pretty rough journey for a while what
0: um how many times did you go to um acquisitions with the book
2: Three. Oh my god taylor <laughs> yeah so, hard. so it was hard because like the first time i really got my hopes up i was like this is it this is it and like the editor who is a lovely person and i'm like friends with her now but she was like really hopeful and like so on board for the book and just so optimistic and we talked on the phone and everything was great and then just like they didn't get on board at the publisher they were like sorry we're not I think they had something they thought was kind of similar and like they just thought the pacing was off or something and so that was like the first big heartbreak I was like oh this can end badly (laughs) like I didn't know that yet and then one more time which that one was kind of anticlimactic and then yeah so the by the third time i was like this doesn't even mean anything yeah. <laughs> like i don't know so yeah but it it went well for once the- which was great once <laughs> it only takes o- one i guess once is
0: all you need huh it's really true literally oh, yeah man. and and, yeah. and people are so yeah. excited about your book you're up to i think you got <laughs> 5 Starred reviews or six? six. <laughs>
2: Damn, <laughs> yeah, six yeah. starred <laughs> reviews. <laughs> uh, just say yeah, totally you hit, <laughs> I know. I was like, that-
0: you also hit um, like a couple of like already bestseller Amazon lists as well. Um,
2: yeah, it's. I think mm-hmm. it's number one in YA contemporary fantasy right now, which is which uh, really is cool. a huge category. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> yeah, it's a big category. Yeah, I looked at it and just like some of the other books on it, I was like, um, can I just like you guys go ahead? These books are so good. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been crazy. It's been a crazy week, and also like we went when they made the offer. Katherine Teagan does like super long lead times, so like we I sold the book in. December of twenty sixteen. Wow. So it was like a full two-year wow. lead time. Wow, wow, wow. That's um, crazy. Um yeah, it is. It's so it just felt like it's like this part has been endless. Like, yes, you have a book deal, but like it's gonna be 18 months before you even have a cover, <laughs> you know. So it's it just started to feel like it wasn't even real. And then all of a sudden it's like the last six months have just been wild so fast, everything just goes crazy fast.
0: Mm-hmm. Um so for the those of um, our listeners who don't know what uh, we said the dark on fire is about, can you give us like a quick pitch?
2: Yeah, um, it's a Latinx-inspired fantasy world called Medio on the brink of, like, full-on class revolution. Um, There's an outer island separated from, like, the government and, like, high-class people separated by this big wall. And the people outside the wall are not allowed to come in. And the story follows danny vargas the main character who is living illegally inside the wall trying to like make a better life for herself and she's got this big secret that could totally destroy her life and so it's just like her sort of trying to figure out where her loyalties are as this class revolution brews and then also there's like some uh, queer forbidden love stuff going on so so it sounds
0: Incredible
2: is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> so, so you mean like, <laughs> like the, a lot the of stuff? YA event them. of the
0: season. <laughs> oh my. Is what you mean? So what you're saying is hey, it's the best book ever. Um, yeah. And I didn't say and so, that, so t-
2: I'm really <laughs> glad you're saying it. No. So, so Taylor, you,
0: you're you're not only like crushing it with this book, but you also have like a billion other projects happening. Six billion. Um, no, I'm <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you get please? it right, Carbel? I'm sorry. Oh, I got the stars wrong, and now this.
2: I the last star was just yesterday oh okay so like, all right you know oh, you're, yeah you're not that's too fine. far Congratulations. Behind. there were two this week so it's been yeah, yeah. npr like, released, getting the two. book too and npr yeah. favorably it's
0: been a wild
2: wild week that is for sure tammy is proud um, right now <laughs> tammy is crocheting me a glasses <laughs> chain as we speak <laughs> with the colors of it your of your of it. your book yeah even better, the book cover just oh, oh, that would man. be a beautiful crocheted
1: like thing.
2: Honestly, if, I'm putting it out there, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, literally saying, like, colors are wants really to nice, yeah.
1: like, a I'm version gonna, of I'm going
2: to be on tour. If you show up at one of my events with a crocheted glasses chain, the colors of my cover, I will give you a free copy of the book. Oh, my God. <laughs> <was incredible>. challenge. <laughs> a challenge, yeah. <laughs> now, either uh, no one is going to do it or, like, 20 people are going to do gonna it. You're going to have I'm a crocheted have, house. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to have a whole wall of just crocheted glasses trains. I will never lose my glasses again. A crocheted car? A crocheted (laughs) car, yeah. Okay, it doesn't have to be a glasses train. It could be crocheted anything. Let me just revise. (laughs) Well, you have to use the colors from the cover. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, okay, so tell us about your other projects, please. I want to know. Okay. (laughs)
2: so this book has a sequel coming out um winter of next year that's my next thing um and then that year is going to be just like 2020 is going to be completely insane uh so yeah the second book which has a title that I can't say what it is yet but I should I think I get to soon (laughs) I get to talk about the sequel soon um and then in May of 2020, I'm doing a book with Rick Riordan Presents. It's my first middle grade. Ooh. And it's called, actually, it's now called Paola Santiago and the River of Tears, which oh, okay. I think this is the first time I've ever said Ooh, that publicly. Exclusive. So now you know. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which I think is, yeah, I love, I love the title, um, So, yeah, that's, like, a sort of, like, if you don't know what Rick Riordan presents, it's, like, a cultural, own voices cultural mythology middle grade. So I'm doing a La Llorona ghost story type thing for that with, like, a science-obsessed little 12-year-old Latina girl who has to go to, like, this creepy underwater world to try to rescue her best friend after spending her whole life believing that, like, ghosts aren't real and supernatural things don't exist. So (laughs) that's been a blast to work on. My editor, Stephanie Laurie. there is like amazing. We're having a really I love good time. Stephanie. She's so nice. And she's so she's smart. amazing. I know her notes are just ridiculous. Like I'm revising that book right now and her notes are amazing. Like she really might be the smartest person I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah. she's, like, wow! She's like a plot genius. She really, I've heard. I've really heard that. is. Yeah. Like she can just do like one tiny thing. She'll be like, here's the plot problem. Oh, but if you just change three words in this sentence, it's all fixed. Like, it's magic. I don't know how she does it, but it's I'm grateful that she is on my side and using her powers for good. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel like she could be an evil genius if she wanted to be. She (laughs) could, but she works for this beautiful imprint
1: that uplifts diverse voices. It's such a wonderful feeling.
2: It really is like the imprint is it, it's like exactly as awesome as people as it sounds mm, like it's yeah. just it's like this beautiful like safe happy pony farm in the middle of like Aww. the dark woods of publishing <laughs> like just it makes a me lovely, so happy it's a pony farm <laughs> it is like I, there's just like not that many of us and everyone's like so nice and supportive to each other like they send every author arcs of everyone else's book like when what? they come out every time so I. I'm have, like, So jealous, dude! So, I have everything. So, so jealous! The I just so got the interviews over.
0: Interviews shot. over. I know. not oh, can like, like, to talk to you anymore? I, no, you can't end the
2: interview. Ooh, are we gonna like power struggle? I love this. Has yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, the like here's the part where the so I button out my puzzle Slytherin? I'm like, ooh, can we watch a power struggle on this whole? We're both oh, Hufflepuffs. Yeah, we you are guys both. are Puffs. so great. <laughs> Isn't it great. Funny though, like it you is have Hufflepuffs. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think I knew that actually. Yeah, yeah we are both. And Puffs. I've like hung out with Clarabelle in real life. I don't know if I would have guessed Hufflepuff. Maybe I would have though. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. Once you say it, you can see it, right? Yeah, or... that's it. It's like yeah. I don't know if I would have gone straight to Hufflepuff, but I don't know what I would have said. Yeah, because I'm Hufflepuff. With I feel an like inch. you're kind of like. <laughs> yeah you are because I, I don't know I feel like like maybe my first guest would have been Gryffindor just because you're such a like crusader you're yeah. like out here working for us but I but cry like, so much <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Gryffindors are like annoyingly self-congratulatory yeah. I feel like about yeah. it they're like I'm yeah. doing the work yeah. but also I'm doing it in a mirror <laughs> like <laughs> no offense to Gryffindors the world no. all you. offense yeah all oh, events I know, I'm like, I'm a sliver. <laughs> we are mortal enemies.
1: Um, no, Bell and I are like the Tonks
2: Cedric Diggory Hufflepuff. Yeah. Oh my That's god, type of they're yeah. the best. Did yeah. I not know that Tonks was a Hufflepuff? Oh, Isn't Tonks is a Hufflepuff. Right? She's Yeah, she's she's badass.
0: Great. I think a lot of people forget about that. Yeah, she's one of the inspirations for like one of my
2: main characters. Also, I'm so so excited for both of your books. Can I just say, like, so ready? (laughs) Um, Um, okay, so we're talking talking about your project. So I started talking about Stephanie Lurie being an evil, (laughs) how she could be an evil genius, but she's actually the best. And then there was a pony farm and now we're back. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. So more projects. So yeah, the sequel, the middle grade, and then in late summer, early fall, I think of next year, um, is my co-write with Anna Marie McLemore. It's called Meteor and it's about, uh, small town in the Southwest that has an annual beauty pageant. And I can't say like a lot about it, but, um, Anna Marie is a genius. <laughs> Everything she does is amazing. So I'm like really, really excited to be working with her. We had a blast writing the book and it's also coming out with my same editor, Claudia Gable. So perfect. it's been cool to work with her on something else. That's really different. Just like, I was a big fan of Anna Marie before we ever met or decided to work together. Mm -hmm. Like, I had read um, The Weight of Feathers and just, like, fell in love with it. So, it was, like, super intimidating at first, I think. She was like, do you want to write a book together? And I was like, what? Me? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like... Uh, and then we were trading chapters back and forth the whole time. Like I would write one, she would write one. And so I would get her chapters and just be like, I quit. <laughs> like I can't, there's no way. She's so good. Oh no. She's uh... but you're so but good no, too. It, like a good way. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> it was, I think it could have been scary, but it was really just like super motivating. I was like, no, I have to like rise to the occasion. My chapters have to be as good as hers, which. We'll see. (laughs) She's, uh, yeah, she's awesome, though. And the book was fun, and we're really, really excited about it. So, and that's it for now. Well, okay, and then the next year, the sequel to the middle grade will come out. But that's actually all.
0: (laughs) So everyone who comes on the podcast shares either their most embarrassing publishing story or something they wish they'd known before they got started. You can share one or the other. You can share both. It's up to you.
2: Okay, I'm trying to think. The, I already said the thing about how none of my books had dialogue, which was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I think the worst thing I did while I was querying, which now I just like look back and cringe, the first agent I ever queried For, like, the first middle grade I wrote, which was just a disaster, was Brent Taylor. And I queried him with, like, a very inexpert (laughs) query letter. Like, this is, like, maybe, yeah, it was the first time I had ever done it. And he form rejected me as he should have and I emailed him back and was like can you just tell me what's wrong with it (laughs) like an actual like whole email where I like asked him questions about like which is I mean like for anyone in the world who doesn't know like the thing you're not supposed to do which I found out later Um, And he never replied to that email and I was never brave enough to query him again with anything else. Because I found out, of course, like two weeks later that it's basically like the thing in bold at the top of every writing advice website. Like, do not reply to warm rejections (laughs) asking for stuff. It's like, you're really not supposed to do that. So, yeah, that was a that was a pretty good Brand new baby publishing mistake. (laughs) In terms of what I wish I would have known, I think probably just like finding the right people, like not just agents and editors and stuff, because sometimes that's like less in our control. But I feel like critique partners, beta readers, like publishing friends, like the people you're going to surround yourself with. I think at the beginning, I felt like everyone who wanted to associate with me in publishing was like doing me a favor (laughs) because I was Mm -hmm. really just insecure about my place and things so I just kind of said yes to everything and everyone and I ended up with like some people who were kind of like emotional vampire types and like just some you know stuff like that so I feel like just like being confident enough in like your value and what you have to offer to surround yourself with the right kind of support people is really important probably would have saved some heartache by figuring that out earlier that is
0: really really important and and sometimes it's hard because sometimes people seem one way and then turn out to be another just like in real life just
2: Um, like in real life (laughs) yeah
0: but but I think that like just taking your time to get to know people is really important because I feel like sometimes because we have this um, sort of shared thing in common which is like writing and books and it can feel like super intense and like a friendship can form really quickly especially yeah. online where sometimes like it feels like you can be more yourself even um, yeah. so, so it's normal for like things to get messy when like people's true colors come out because at first Absolutely. you're just sort of like excited to meet somebody
2: who understands this thing that you love so much yeah, um, and it's a weird thing too like it's hard to understand I have people in my life who don't get publishing at all and it's like hard to talk to them because so much of our lives like especially I don't have a like a day job so it's like literally almost my whole life is like books and publishing and like there's so many little things about it that it's hard to explain to other people so yeah it can feel like falsely like immediately intimate to know somebody knows that stuff and gets it so yeah, yeah it's uh it's easy to, like, race into things and then later be like, whoa, I didn't know you at all. You just, like, know what I'm talking about sometimes, <laughs> which is not normal.
0: <laughs> can you tell our listeners where they can follow you online?
2: Yes, I'm uh, Taylor K on Twitter, Instagram, and just Taylor K. Mejia on Facebook. Um, I like literally never update my Facebook. <laughs> on yeah, no, yeah. terrible. And it's um,
1: it's Taylor K, like K is spelled K A Y. K A Y, yeah. T H
2: L O R K A Y.
0: And I'll and I'll link to all of her social media below. Awesome. Um, thanks so much for being on the show. It was so yeah, much fun. Thank you for it was a blast. It was so fun. Yeah. yeah, this was
2: great. Like anytime, this is awesome. Yeah. You guys are doing such great stuff. And I love the podcast so much I feel like it's everything we were just talking about like when you meet writer people and they like know what's going on and they know the gossip and they know the names (laughs) and you can like use shorthand with them like that's how I feel about this podcast I'm like I'm not alone in the world I'm like listening to people talk about my life it's great so like thank you guys for doing it it's awesome yeah that's what we're here for just to you know help people and to gather minions yeah yes. gather minions for the upcoming revolution. Absolutely. Yes. Very important <laughs> stuff. <laughs>